This episode is co-funded by the European Union. Views and opinions expressed are, however, those of the author only and do not necessarily reflect those of the European Union. Neither the European Union or the granting authority can be held responsible for them. Hello and welcome to your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evgiori and in this special episode of our podcast, we're looking into the European Commission's plan to reduce pesticides. What are the concerns expressed by MEPs? Are there any alternatives farmers can turn to? And what's the division between the Greens and the Conservative parties? The European Commission's initial plan to reduce pesticides used by HAF faced criticism from European farmers due to concerns about the availability of alternatives by 2030. A new target is being proposed to hold the EU executive responsible for providing low-risk options to farmers and involve Brussels more actively in creating a satisfactory market offer for these products. Members of the European Parliament are suggesting setting the target at a level that is both ambitious and achievable following consultations and based on technical and market information. The Commission is also asked to establish a methodology for calculating this target. Member States will be required to set national targets for increasing sales of low-risk plant protection products and biological control. There are differences between Conservative and Green MEPs on various aspects of the proposal and negotiations are expected to continue in the coming months, with the final legislative term ending next year. To understand better what is happening with pesticides and the Commission's proposal, we ask Green MEP Jutta Paulus what is the key objective of the proposed changes to the EU's pesticide legislative framework as discussed by the European Parliament's Environment Committee. The Environmental Committee wanted to make sure that the sustainable use of pesticides regulation is implementable on the ground. So on the one hand, we decreased the area of the sensible areas where the Commission said no pesticides at all. We also um, enlarged the possibilities for the farmers that are actually working in these areas. So on the one hand, we took out the landscape protection areas, which were protected not for their biodiversity, but for their, let's say, aesthetic function. Um, And also we opened the possibilities for farmers to use pesticides which are allowed in organic agriculture. And we also opened the possibility for member states to have even more derogations because for some cultures it is not possible to work only with those organic pesticides and have a yield. Um, This is especially true when it comes to invasive species which um, are strongly active in our orchards. So therefore farmers would need a derogation in order to be able to farm and that was our objective open up possibilities for farmers, but at the same time, protect the health of the environment and of the consumers. Because for example, we also decreased the possibility to use the more hazardous pesticides. Um, These have to be reduced until 2030 by 65%, which um, is so important because it is those pesticides that are especially detrimental to the environment. And those are the ones we should really target. And MEP Paulus, how has the Parliament's position evolved regarding the reduction targets for chemical pesticides and more hazardous plant protection products? 
The key objective of the Environmental Committee compromises is, of course, to reinforce the Commission's proposal to cap pesticide use by 2030 by 50%. The Environmental Committee increased the target for the hazardous pesticides to 65%, which is, of course, a good sign because these pesticides are the ones that are impacting our health the most and also the environment. Um, we also have clear commitment to integrated pest management. So member states should make it mandatory that those measures um, have to be implemented before chemical pesticides are actually used. And we have to support the farmers, not only with money, but also with consultants, with consultants which are um, not members of the pesticide industry, but which are independent. And these consultants have to work free of charge. So member states will have to pay those consultants so that um, farmers get an independent um, consult on how to use less pesticides and how to best implement integrated pest management. And also we will have an electronic register for sharing information on IPM and pesticide use, which the authorities can use, but also the water companies, because for them it is especially important that our drinking water stays free of pesticides. Already now a lot of um, water companies have to deploy very very um, expensive measures in order to clean their water from pesticides. And what is the significance of the new 2030 target for increasing the overall sales of low-risk plant protection products and biological control, and how will it be determined? The new target for biological pesticides is a bit tricky. We are not yet sure um, how we can determine it um, as opposed to pesticides which are of mineral origin. So this is something where we have asked the Commission to come up with a mechanism to actually calculate how we can make sure that this target is not misused. And also, of course, for us Greens, it's important that it is not misused to have um, GMO-based biological pesticides. And this is an open issue, to be very honest. And, but I expect an answer from the Commission here pretty soon. How do the proposed amendments address uh, concerns related to the availability of alternatives to traditional pesticides for European farmers? We have heard a lot of concerns from farmers who said, I will not be able to farm without the pesticides I am used to. But actually, what we have learned from science and also from numerous projects all over the European Union, that if integrated pest management is really done in a professional way, farmers can actually save money because they will not have to use so many pesticides and um, therefore say, have nearly the same yield, but with a lot less cost. And therefore, I think we will see even more projects um, in areas where integrated pest management is, let's say, difficult. For example, if you have an orchard or a vineyard, you cannot do a crop rotation naturally because you will not be able to just rip up your trees. So we will see a lot of possibilities there in the coming years. We also have money allocated in the Horizon program for exactly these. Um, science-based projects. 
But at the end of the day, I think that member states know very well which farmers would need a derogation from the rules of the sustainable use of pesticides regulation. And these derogations have been opened up a lot in the compromises by the ENVI committee because we want to work with farmers and not against them. Now, what are the key disagreements between the Conservative side of the Parliament and the Greens within the context of the compromise amendments discussed? Unfortunately, the Conservative side was not really ready to negotiate the key points of the regulation. They would have, I think, <laughs> their main um, aim was to do away with the regulation as a whole. We had several rejection amendments coming from different sides from the conservative spectrum. And in the negotiations, at least that's what the rapporteur told me, they did not bring any real added value to the proposed compromises. And they always said, well, we want to water it down, but we cannot um, promise that we actually would vote in favor if our concerns would be taken up. That's a bit of a difficult negotiation position. And also it was a big disagreement between the um, constructive groups and the conservatives because the conservatives said, well, we need a lot of funding, but this must not come from the cap budget. It must come from somewhere else. This is a very far-reaching um, demand because, as everyone knows, the cap budget is the biggest budget within the uh, MFF. And to say, well, any project um, aimed at decreasing pesticide use should not be funded by the cap, that would actually make it very, very difficult also for some member states who have set up eco-schemes which aim at reducing pesticide use. So they would have to scrap their eco-schemes or what's the plan? So this was, was a very big disagreement and I still think it is a pity that it was not possible to find a compromise based on science, based on pilot projects experience and also based on our aim to create a more healthy environment, but also a more sustainable way of farming, which does not leave farmers behind, because that is our biggest problems. problem. Farmers are left behind today by the cap, especially the smaller family farms. And these are the ones which we want to support. And we do not want to funnel a lot of the money which goes to the cap right into the pockets of the pesticide industry because um, this is not the way forward. We have crossed the third planetary boundary on novel entities, which means chemicals, pesticides, plastics. And so we have to do everything we can to reduce these harmful substances in our environment and in our farmers' bodies. Thank you very much. I am Evi Chiori, and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv to stay on top of the latest news, sign up to our podcast newsletter, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time. Euractiv is part of the Trust Project.